Fish Pier Perspectives is a podcast from Vessel Services on the Fish Pier in Portland, Maine. Hosts Alan Tracy and Mike Foster discuss issues related to commercial fishing and the working waterfront in Portland and regionally. We welcome feedback and suggestions and invite listeners to visit our website or our store. 5% of all online sales go directly to support fishing organizations. Well, here we are again. It's May 28th, 2021. This is Fish Pier Perspectives coming from Vessel Services in Portland, Maine. I'm Alan Tracy. Mike um, Foster's here. Can you hear? Can we hear you, Mike? Yeah, I'm we're still, here. We're still working on upgrading our audio, and we're getting closer, but uh, today this is what's still what we have. This is it. Um, so it's the end of May here in Portland. Um, not much has really started yet. When you say, Mike, in terms of fishing activity, we're still kind of stuck in um, yeah. the wintertime, at least in terms of activity. It is pretty slow. We're waiting for the tuna season to start, which is a, clearly about to start. We're yep. seeing that today. Yep. Um, we're seeing activity. Buyers are coming in for ice, getting ready. That starts on June 1st. Um, we're seeing the boats come in, get ready. So the tuna is about to start. The pogies will begin. Uh, the season, I think, begins on the 14th of June. And um, you hear, see some activity about that. You know, that'll depend on whether they show up. You know, that's yeah. a... You know, when they come, they come. Same with the tuna, frankly. Um, and lobster. You know, we were talking about lobster today. What do you what, what do you think about that? I mean, we haven't yeah. really seen much there either. Yeah, the, you know, there hasn't been a lot of lobster activity. And this is the time of year where guys are kind of heading out and doing a little bit of prospecting, you know, usually this time of year. And uh, we haven't seen a lot of that yet. So um, things have been off to a slow start on the water. Yeah, so hopefully soon. Um, you know, it's, it's, a lot of these obviously are seasonal, and uh, but it's slow. It makes it for a slow round, and, and everyone kind of you can feel. Of course, commercial streets popping. You know, and that's part of what we want to talk about today: the transformation of Portland. That's you know, and really we want to just get into it, and and we want to look at it from a couple different angles, but particularly from the you know we're having discussions about infrastructure here in Portland with some of the city leaders, state leaders. You know, part of it's connected to COVID and, and, and different things. But, you know, certainly Vessel Services is part of the infrastructure of commercial fishing um, in Maine, and as well as the um, Portland Fish Exchange, which you could argue between the two of us is really the, the, the backbone mm-hmm. of certainly down here in Portland of commercial fishing. And the point we want to make today, or what we want to talk about today, is how both these organizations we're built on ground fish in the state of ground fish today. And I know we've talked about it in previous podcasts, you know, how ground fish works, where it is, but it, it really can't be understated. Um, it's history in the last certainly 40 years with the founding of the fish pier, the founding of vessel services and the founding of the Portland fish exchange, which again, arguably and certainly in Portland is the hub of commercial fishing and certainly in our area for mm-hmm. serves a lot of different needs. Um, and ground fish today is arguably completely gone. Completely. Am I overstating that? No, no, not at all. You know, um, and a good, a good indicator of that or marker of that, I think would be the auctions at the fish exchange at the Portland fish exchange and, or the lack thereof. 
Uh, there was a time where they were, you know, the Sunday auction was a huge auction. You had several auctions a week, and now it's gone stagnant to the point where it'll go a week straight without an auction. Um, and we have stretches like that often now, so that's a very easy marker of that. And an, another indicator. I mean, we, this week we had a conversation about whether we should be open on Sunday, mm-hmm. which is crazy because yeah. Sunday historically has been the big auction day. That's right. At this point, there are effectively, you know, we, we keep saying very few. I, I don't want to say there's none because you know, and, and some of it is time of year. You know, we've already touched on this in different in different. Yeah episodes and you know we know there's going to be boats that are going to start going here when the weather gets better but i i, I don't think it's an overstatement to say at this point ground fish and, and and to really prove that i'm going to give some numbers yeah because that that really tells the story yeah. more than anything um so i pulled these numbers off of the fish exchanges website where you can go in and there's a historical um records uh tab and you can find you know you can do all kinds of searching it's kind of interesting but what i did was do the fishing year which is may 1st through april 30th going way back um really they go as far back to um 2003 yeah um that's the first year yeah but it's important to know and i want to give these numbers first but it's important to note that this that wasn't the boom time the boom time was when the fish exchange and vessel services and the fish pier were all built in the early 80s, which we gave the history of. Mm-hmm. And it was built then for a very specific reason because of the time, which was the Magnuson-Stevens Act had come in in 1976, which excluded foreign vessels from fishing in, 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 our, in our regional waters here from the 200-mile limit. And there was an incentive from the government, that the federal government, for fishermen to build boats, big boats, and to harvest. So, so really, when you see this timeline, it becomes very clear. And clearly, and again, neither, none of us, we weren't here at the time, and someone who really wanted to dig into it, I'm sure would find. But there's no question about the proximity to Magnuson, the creation of the fish pier, and the boom of ground fishing activity yeah. in Portland. Yeah, Big boats, up to 300 vessels. Um, you're talking about 80 million pounds of ground fish a year going through the fish exchange. Obviously, vessel services was scaled to that time, which was an enormous capacity mm-hmm. for ice, you know, could make a, could make 150 tons a day, store, mm-hmm. store 300 tons, et cetera, and still not have enough. So that time was the boom time. And it really only lasted, I wouldn't even say a decade, because by the mid-90s, with further regulation and further changes, really the sustainability requirements in the regulatory scheme, where sustainability became key, um, you started to see the decrease in the fleet from yeah. that time. Yeah. And even that was starting to get into your time. Yeah, that's right. Where you started, the, yeah. people would talk about the, the buybacks. The buybacks, where the government bought these larger vessels back from these fishermen who that's right. built these boats. Um, for the purpose of, of going out and, and harvesting year-round. And the uh, the government bought them back from them with the intent of scrapping those boats and taking some of that pressure off of the biomass and, right. uh, and getting less boats, less pressure out there fishing. So it's really incredible when you look yeah. at it because there's an incentive in the early in the yep. 80, early yep. 80s, late 70s, early 80s, uh, because of this new, you know, 200-mile exclusive economic zone and, and, the, and the opportunities it presented. Incentive to build the boats enormous harvests and then by the mid 90s 
incentives to get rid of the boat, to scale the fleet down. Crazy. Yeah, right. And again, but still. But let's go to 2003 because that's what we have actually data yeah. from. Yeah, and, and before you get into the numbers there, I think that the numbers are very important. They represent what's currently happening, what, ha what was and what is now. And that's more important, I think, than a, uh, a bird's eye view of what the piers around Portland look like. Because there are still boats tied up you know, around the piers here in Portland. That's right. But these numbers at the fish exchange really give you an accurate that's right. indicator of the activity of ground fish being landed being in landed. Portland. That's and correct. that's important because there has been that shift, and we have talked about it. There are ground fish boats in Portland, but they're not landing in Portland. Yeah, if you come to important. Vessel Services today, you will see two big draggers yes. sitting at our piers. Um, and we're glad for them. Yes, And absolutely. they do business with us, and sure. we're very glad they're here. Sure. They don't bring a pound of fish to, to, that's to, right. to Portland. And that's why Portland. these numbers that you're But I do think people about. come up and down the fish yeah. pier and say, look at all the boats. Sure. And these are, this is where the real, and it's true, it's where the real working waterfront is. Yep. But, it, you know, this is, this is part of the story. Yep, and this I is think part the, of the numbers that you're about to give will really paint an accurate picture of what was and what is currently and really demonstrates at, uh, you know, what the level of ground fishing in Portland, Maine really looks like. So That's right. And again, we're talking about ground fish, ground which fish. is the, the Northeast yep. multi-species, which includes cod, haddock, all the flatfishes, uh, redfish, um, hake, etc., etc. Yep. It's a multi-species category. I think there's 13 total species. Um, but a diverse uh, grouping of fish that are bottom dwellers um, and that are fished for generally in the same, in the same way, which, yeah. which we've talked about. All right, so 2003 to 2004, that fishing year, okay, again, we talked about the 80 million by the mid-90s had gone down to maybe 30 million. That year, 2003 to 2004, we have 19,943,000 pounds of fish at the fish exchange. And I'm not going to go every year. I'm just going to go where you start to see the real drops mm -hmm. in the numbers 2006 to 2007 seven million three hundred and eighty thousand pounds of fish going across the Portland Fish Exchange 2009 to 2010 when I came when I started it, it was five million nine hundred and forty four thousand I remember that and I remember people talking in 2010 talking about how there's 5 million pounds of fish at the fish exchange. There's no way it can go any lower. It's incredible what's happened. It's yeah. a disaster. They said ground fish is dead. Remember? I mean, they yeah. say oh, there is no Absolutely. ground fishing. 5 million pounds, they would laugh. They said, what a joke. Five th uh, 2013 to 2014, 4,514 pounds. Again, and these are years that we've had. We can we look in our records and we can see, on all these years, we see a corresponding amount of ice. It's interesting. Sure. You yeah. know, we Direct we, we correlation. Okay. 2015 to 2016, 2 million 748 thousand pounds of fish. What happened? Do you, you, I'm going to I'm quizzing you. I'm kind of live, and maybe it's not fair. Yeah. But do you remember what happened about that time? What the big news was? It was all, in all the newspapers. People were talking about it. What what was severely slashed? The quotas that was, was the days. Did we go from no, days? No, no. That, that happened in 2010. So we sh okay. I should have said so, that before because yeah. that was a big change too. Yeah. That we saw that showed up in the numbers. Yeah. But that was the cod. 
That was a cot. You remember okay. that. You know, most yeah. people, you know, and you remember that. Yeah. But, you know, but, but the cot was, and that was big news. Yeah. Because of the restrictions on the cot, because of their overfishing and overfishing yeah, status. Right. And the severe cuts to the quota. And, of course, it was hard for people to stay away from. And it's important to say that. You want to talk a little bit about choke species, how that works, and the multi-species? Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, the, the concern was with the cod, the, the, the research that, of course, the cod stocks had not recovered or were declining still to the point where they were, they were you know, thought to be, you know, in, in devastating condition. So when these draggers go out there and they're dragging their nets, to some degree they can target and, and pinpoint areas that they know hold certain species of fish, certain depths of water. Um, they even change their nets and their, their, their trawl styles slightly. But when it's out there, it's capturing what's yeah, swimming you, in the you, sea. Yeah. And, and so to limit the total take on cod so drastically, and then to limit these guys fishing and landings um, and, and trips based on that, when they're out there hauling their nets, and you know, it's at times difficult to stay away. They can't stay away from it, from and that's what they'll say. That's what they'll say. They'll say it's hard to stay it's away. It's hard to stay away. Certain and guys can, and they'll be proud of it. They say, yeah. oh, "I can stay away from the cod." Yeah. But the way a choke species works is: remember, we've had this multi-species category in the cod. You only have like there. There are boats. We've heard. We'd hear people talk about it. They only have a hundred pounds of cod for the that's year. Right. That's how much they can catch for the year. Yeah. And meanwhile, they may have hundreds of thousands of pounds of haddock, which, hap- which happens to be yeah. growing. Yeah. But you can't catch it. Once your yeah. cod is caught, yeah. it's over. Yep. That's why you call it a choke species. Now, they can lease it through the, new, you know, through the catch here, mm-hmm. and there is leasing, and you can buy it. But you hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. It happened with dabs, too, for yeah. a while. Where if you don't have quota to catch that specific species, and cod has been the best example recently. Cod was so valuable. You'd have to buy cod for 3 and $4 a pound to be able to go fishing to catch everything else. And you were doing everything you could to stay away from them. And um, you had to pay, and you were going to get maybe $2.50 for it on the auction. That's right. So you were (laughs) paying more to be be allowed to go fish for other species than you would recoup from the amount of pounds of fish. That's how. And and there is, you know, not to go deep into here because we've talked briefly about it, is this, that's where a lot of controversy happens as well with the researchers versus the fishermen in that when the researchers come out with these these quotas, these numbers, and talk about how the cod is in such decline, yet you talk about some of these fishermen that are doing oh everything they can to stay away, but it's almost impossible. Oh, my God. There's you hear that everywhere all the time. Go. That's where you get some of the conflicting. Yeah, you know, that's where you get that. a lot of the pushback that's, that's on the, the regulations, yeah. and it's frustrating. And, and here you're in the middle of it because yeah. you hear it. And like we've already said, you know, we're involved in the, in yeah. the regulatory process, and we understand how that works yeah. and have a lot of confidence in that. But you also hear daily, yeah. like people will say, they cannot stay away from yeah. codfish. And they're wondering how they're catching them, how they're counting them, how the yeah. stock assessment, you know, there's all kinds of things yeah. like that, and, which and is ul- legit. Yep. And ultimately, it's it's affecting their bottom line. And again, these numbers show that, but these guys are trying to get out there, make a living, fish. They're being told, you know, otherwise, and um, and it's difficult for them to 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 go fish and, and, and make a living doing this. And it really shows up in the numbers. Because again, you have, and this is one of the, this is one of the frustrate the great frustrations in our regulatory process is how can you harvest healthy stocks like haddock right now is absolutely exploding and booming but they catch a small percentage of the total allowable catch much many times because of these choke species Mm -hmm. situations like Mm -hmm. you cannot take 
any cod. And, you know, there's other species too. Once you've reached that that amount, it's closed, and yep. you cannot fish yep. on any of the other healthy stocks. That's right. And that's that single species reg, uh, method that uh, really is getting some attention, and it needs to because you're under harvesting mm-hmm. is what's happening. Yep. You know, redfish is happening yep. too. Okay, but but just big numbers. We yep. went from about five million pounds a year in 2013-14 uh, down to two million seven hundred forty-eight in fifteen sixteen. And that was really the cod. And then uh, 17, 18, we have 1,961,000. 2019 through 2020, long before COVID, we got down to 1,574,000 pounds. Again, now the red lights are going off and the siren is blaring. Mm -hmm. It is crisis time. And then last year, we had 1,036,000 pounds of fish landed at the fish exchange. Mm -hmm. That was the year that just ended in April, and that was the COVID year, but that doesn't explain it all. It's been a trend. This year in May, I bet they haven't landed 50,000 pounds already in the month. That's right. I mean, really, we watch it daily. There has been nothing. So again, just quickly, from 2004... 20 million pounds, down to 5 million where it stabilized for a number of years. Again, that was, our, that was 2010 to 2005, or 2020, I'm sorry, 2010 to 2015. We remember that. And, yeah. you know, you could find, you could make a business on it. You know, there was enough activity. Now, we've taken another severe step down, and now it's, um, it's effectively nothing. There's, yeah. we would, it's hard for us to say who are yeah. here every day, who is fishing daily, and bringing fish to the fish exchange yeah. at this point there's really uh there's really not and so the numbers tell the story yeah. and in a business like ours it tells the story and how much ice we sell and how much fuel we sell you know thankfully we've done a lot of work to diversify so we're we're really working hard at finding other things but the reality is is that it is time for us who are here engaged in this to seriously consider what the future is I mean, it can't be, again, it can't be overstated. And, and now, like I say, when we came, you know, 2010, when I came, everyone was at 5 million pounds a year. Everyone was just absolutely tearing their hair out, walking around saying, oh, my God, the fish exchange is a broken forklift away from going out of business. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, if that goes out. Well, we've gone down significantly. So now, truly, and, and truly, we're not telling any secrets to say that the fish exchange now is literally on life support um, at the pleasure of the Fish Peer Authority who funds their operation because they are running such a deficit. Um, so it really is uh, crisis time. Yeah. And, it's, it's in, in, you know, a lot of the discussions that we have are when we look out on the landscape, we don't see um, where it's coming back because there's yeah. been some fundamental changes that, think, that we've some of them we've talked about already and yeah. I think we should just mention a couple others yeah and I think that's important because at some point you know when that five million pounds was the crisis and it continued to drop and we made adjustments and everybody made adjustments I think everybody optimistically optimistically held out hope that there was that was the bottom and you figured out how to make it work with those numbers, and then they dropped again. And then there was even optimistic hope that it would it would flatten out and maybe even increase yeah. um, as stocks rebounded and yeah. and whatnot. 
but at this point, it, it is gone on long enough and, and has decreased in enough volume. That oh, the pattern's clear. The I pattern mean, is clear. And, and when you scope out and you look at just the reasons why, you know, starting right. with Magnuson yeah. and yeah. the incentives to, to, to fish and, and build boats, which happened in the 80s, which in that, that directly resulted in the fish beer. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure a lot of people yeah. really fully grasp all of that. Then by the 90s, the government said, no, we don't want as many boats. We're going to buy back boats. They didn't. You hear people talk. Remember the people say, oh, yeah, they turned all the boats into razor blades. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you heard yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yep. hear that all the time because yep. they did that. And then the numbers went from 80 million to 30 million. Yep. By 2004, again, we were at 20 million, which to us is like crazy boom yeah. time. But yeah. that's to them was yeah. like a quarter of what they were, what they started at. Went to 5 million. And again, it was like, oh, there's, there's boats coming in. I, I used to say that all the time to people around that time. Yeah. I'm like, they were like, oh, what groundfish? Because it was in the narrative in the news. They'd be like, well, groundfish is dead, of course. I'd be like, no, nah, there's, you know. People yeah. ground fishing here. Yeah. There's ground fishing. Yeah. Probably. There's a yeah. fleet. You know, there, yeah. we had our local still fleet. There was energy behind it. And there was still people Definitely. with energy Definitely. behind it. And there was still enough Definitely. infrastructure around. Um, that, but and, I'm going to say right. now, it's... It's changed. It's it's. It, I I don't want to say it's over. That sounds so final because yeah. who am I and what who are we? But we're here to tell you, it's 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 uh, pretty pretty bleak. It is. And again, we don't see where it's going to come from. But um, but what's changed to create that? You know, some of it. You know, we talked about this, the change in the regulatory and the sustainability requirements, which had a big effect on quotas and things like that. We kind of went by when we were given the numbers, but the, the catch share in 2010, which mm -hmm. allowed for, this is a huge element, which allowed for the consolidation of permits and buying of boats and also the sector system, which allowed the trading of fish and leasing of fish, that, that started in 2010, that had a huge impact on Portland. We lost a lot of our boats, a lot of our quotas. That's where you got people just leasing fish and not fishing. That's why, again, over the years, you could see a lot of boats tied up here on the Portland Fish Pier and walk down and say, wow, look at all the activity. This is where very few of those boats move. Very deceiving, yeah. Very few of those boats move. We yep. can tell you because we're here every day. Um, so that consolidation, and then with that, the selling of boats. How many boats have been sold yeah. over the last five years? I, I yeah. mean, how many? And, and we can was, name them. Yeah, we, I don't absolutely. want them. But we can name them. And you'd see them leave and say, oh, the, 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 that fleet was just sold. You know, Allison's boats were sold, the Teresa and Allison, yeah. Jamie and Ashley. Yeah. And I, I would even go beyond that to boats that were lost, um, either sunk that, or that were damaged, too. or boats that were sold, and they stopped being replaced. And I think That's that was right. another thing as we go back in time and look forward at the pattern. So there true. was a time where if a boat was lost at sea, if, uh, if a boat was sold, another one was bought to replace it, or, or it, there, was, there was improvements being made. Uh, and, but there was a time where that shifted, where boats were being sold, boats were being lost, they weren't being replaced, and, and, and that boat was lost from our home fleet here. So that That's was just true. another path. And you're right. It's not just boats being sold. It's literally being lost. I mean, we, yeah. can, we can go through and list the names yeah. of boats that have been sunk yeah. over the years that, yeah. that, that never got replaced. That's right. But, um, but more so, but they also relocate. Yep. And they're gone. And yep. we see them going out the harbor, and we're like, oh, my God, there's another boat. And they, they, and they don't get replaced. They're not coming back. Yep. And the key is what's happened in all of that is we have lost the critical mass. Yeah. Critical mass of fish, the critical mass of boats that allows everything else to happen. That's right. And when you lose the critical mass, you lose your buyers, 
which has happened at the fish exchange now. So there, so even when there is an auction now, there's just so little interest and activity. The prices suffer, which which makes everybody who watches it say, oh, I'm not going there. They're not getting good prices there. But you've lost your, your prime. Yeah. And we can even say here at Vessel Services, we, you know, you just, you don't have critical mass. We've been saying for really two years now, since it's really gone down, when we lost Jimmy Odlin's fleet, you know, the three big boats where we would sell, they fished so steadily and they would come in for their fuel and ice and we'd sell, you know, 25 tons a time to each of the boats and there was three of them and they were fishing constantly. Yeah, each one, three trips. That's critical mass and it's gone. So now the small guy who needs a ton of ice or the tuna guys who only want a half a ton of ice, it becomes harder and harder to sustain the, your infrastructure to supply that because you are relying on that critical mass yeah. that cannot be overstated. Yeah. That has happened. And that's part of the alarm yeah. of what's happening in Portland now with this, with, with us, yeah. going to be honest, and with the, clearly with the fish exchange, but others that are supported, that are supporting it. There are other businesses and, um, it's a, it's a really, it's a tipping point. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question about it. There is a tipping point for the presence, the commercial fishing presence in Portland. You know, it's interesting. I remember, again, when I came on, I remember Bob Tatro used to always say, he used to talk about, you know, because even then you could start to see, that's when Portland was really starting to kind of, you know, the the vibe in Portland was rising for destination food town Mm -hmm. and the activity. And he used to always say, he's like, yeah, we're going to turn into Newport. Newport, Rhode Island, yeah. and, and you know a lot of people look at that because Newport used to be a fishing town that a lot of you know clearly everybody knows about the uh, you know the, the the summer people you know yeah. the, the the mansions and whatnot, um, the breakers and all that stuff. But it's also become a a tourist town. What, what you know what what happened to them is it became a it was a fishing town that had you know certain communities there. But it became a tourist town, and there's still some kind of boutique fishing going on. Like, if you go to Newport today, you'll see fi- lobster boats. Yeah. See, but, you know, it's, a, it's not about that. Yeah. And I remember him, he's talking about, like, Portland's going that way. Yeah. And you know something today? When you go down Commercial Street, and you see what's going on. And again, it's all great. It's activity, and people love Portland, and Portland is great. But Portland used to be a fishing town, and uh, we're at a tipping point right now where I think there's this you know we're going to see what happens but there it's an inflection point yeah and it's hard to know what's going to happen you know we're doing what we're doing other people are doing what they're but they're doing but i just think it merits this discussion and, yeah. and, and more discussion about that it is a tipping point that we're at um because once you lose the critical mass um you know you have to start looking to other uses and there are other uses we've yeah. talked about them. i mean what are we seeing that's starting to take the place of traditional yeah. ground fish yeah you know lo- you know and, and again lobstering has always been there is still yep. there if uh, and it's again, grown as yeah. mentioned it's a little bit off to a slow start this year but there's a lot of factors there but lobstering is there as well as you know we're seeing a difference with some of these um, kind of experimental fisheries or these these new blossoming fisheries, you know, seaweed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, seaweed oysters are definitely too. Yeah, aquaculture. You know, oysters, aquaculture in general has been around, but you know, oysters. But the seaweed and and that's another that's yeah. a new. We've seen lately. We've seen a lot of the kelp coming into the fish exchange. Yeah. That they're using the fish exchange to uh, transfer. You know, they got their pallet fees and yep. their. Uh, and uh, so you're seeing some of that. Definitely the aquaculture is. There's a lot of activity around yeah. aquaculture. Yeah. Um, and it's time to find what the new uses are yeah. because, um, like I say, again, 
groundfish. But you were talking about lobster, which is maritime. Part of what's happened, too, is the rise of lobster. So, yeah. you know, and you have to put that into the mix, too, about when we talk about the demise of ground fish, but it's also the rise of lobster. And you know, we've talked about the unprecedented amount of harvest. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of guys have gone that way. And more importantly, the fishing grounds have been taken over by lobster gear. That's, right. That's a big, big deal. Yeah. That's one of the biggest, you know, a lot of people talk about the reasons why nobody's ground fishing up here. Well, there's a number of reasons, but one of them is the gear conflict. Mm -hmm. Like, there's too much gear in the water. And not just gear with a buoy on it, ghost gear. How many times do you hear people talk about, like, draggers? Yeah. How much stuff they pull out. Oh, my God, the ghost gear and the the, the stuff on the ground and... It's that's that's another thing that's definitely happened. But the yeah. biggest thing, which we've already talked about, is the lobster rule about yeah. the inability of drag caught lobsters to be landed in Portland, and mm-hmm. that's definitely factored in. But it's important to say, and we've already said it, but you know, there's plenty of main boats fishing in, with main captains and main crew, main boats that are fishing in Massachusetts. If those boats were to come back to Maine you'd probably get back to 20 million pounds of fish pretty quickly. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I yeah. mean, that's not, that's, that's it, right about, yeah. you know, you're talking about between certainly five, probably 10 boats. I mean, we can name them here off of, yeah. of guys who are fishing in Boston yeah. and Gloucester, New Bedford, that are Maine, and they could eat, you know, if they were, if, if everything was equal yeah. and they were fishing here, yeah. you would probably go right back to 20 yeah. million, every, 25 these million. These big boats, every boat represents, you know, you could roughly benchmark it as a million pounds. Oh, easily, easily, easily. More, and, yeah. And, you know, easily. every one boat that comes back, and, and as you said, we can label, we can we can name off five or more that would, that are willing, wanting, and could come back, and that would easily put you between that five and ten million pounds. Oh, you could easily get the there. Yeah. With yeah. those five boats alone. But that's not happening. I it's mean, they're not coming back. You talk yeah. to them. I mean, they are, you know, and, and so, so that's the reality. You know, it, things could change. There's, there's plenty of things that could happen. It's not that nobody's fishing. That's the important thing. Yeah. It's like, they are fishing. They're just not fishing here. Yeah. Or they're not yeah. bringing the fish. Yeah. They're not bringing that fish here. You know, again, bringing lobsters, this arguably as healthy as it's ever been in the That's history right. of the fishery. Yeah. Um, you know, had a little dip in the last couple of years, but scallops are coming, you know, we're seeing aquas. And that's just the reality. You know, there's nothing to lament. You know, we do work on it. We have a lot of conversations about how do we keep the fish exchange going? How do we keep vessel services, you know, being able to stay and to do what we've historically done? And I think we'll always do that. But there's a, there's a critical mass mm-hmm. that has been lost. And it has to be adjusted to, and it's being adjusted to. And I guess that's really what we want to say. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we're not saying woe is us or anything like that. It's just yeah. that is the state of things yep. as they are, is that critical mass. Um, is not here. And, and groundfish creates a lot of other, uh, you know, there's ancillary. It, you know, the other thing I wanted to say is, is part of the critical mass that you lose and the infrastructure you lose is the processing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you hear people talk about how many processors that were here at yeah. that time yeah. which followed yeah. the volume of yeah. fish yeah. and they're gone you know yeah. we do have some processors but again they're not processing local fish no, we've already not. said this yeah, that's right and i think it's important another important example to state with that we've talked about it previously is the shrimp season and the fear the fear is of course is that it's been so long since we've had a shrimp season here in portland that the infrastructure the onshore processing gone is gone to the point where now 
even if you were to bring a, a shrimp season back in some capacity or form, it would be difficult to yeah, process. Heavy lift. It would be difficult yeah. to get the price the price that you would that you would demand um, to be able to have a viable fishery here uh, to sustain it. So even if it was brought back, that's kind of gone. That shore side, uh, you know, infrastructure is gone to the wayside. And that's where or where we're at or where we're going to with the ground fishing, unfortunately, as well. Um, and that's for the way it is. reasons and similar instances. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is right now. I mean, we're not overstating it. We're not understating it. Um, that is uh, the condition of Portland right now, yeah. particularly the ground fish. Um, and, you know, I, I want to, before we wrap up, I, want, I just want to give a couple other numbers that I, that I really like. You know, you can find these on uh, DMR's website. These are historical numbers talk about Portland and I remember yeah. people talking about this you know for different reasons 1950 1950s all through the 1950s redfish mm -hmm. 1950 79 million pounds of redfish just redfish 73 million 60 million 60 million 79 million 67 all through the six, uh, 50s and the 60s again before the era before the era of regulation yeah then you get up to the 70s when they started regulating and it drops 1988 640,000 pounds of redfish i mean and it just drop it goes drops from there you know you can really see some of these things yeah. now there's more to the story my understanding is at that time you had boats fishing on the grand banks yes I yeah. mean, it was a totally, you know, that's a yeah. totally different fishery. Yeah. You know, going off Newfoundland, that's yeah. where they, you know. You know. Yeah. But anyways, it's fun yeah. to see. But you hear people talk about redfish in Portland in the racks and how they use for bait. I mean, those are just crazy. You know, that's just redfish. That's right. I mean, Portland was really, I mean, there was a lot of fish yeah. going through here. Yeah. And it's important to know that. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we wanted to say today. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about other things next time. Yeah. All right. Look forward to it.